0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our guest today is Coach Landon Huey, Assistant Men's Basketball Coach at Lubbock Christian University. Coach Huey is in his first year as the Assistant Coach at LCU, but he's been coaching for years at colleges like Oklahoma, Wayland Baptist University, among a couple others. Uh, But Coach,
1: how are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. Ken, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. I've tuned into your podcast on several occasions, and I'm just honored and excited to be included as a guest.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for those for those kind words. Uh, yeah, I, I've really been looking forward to our conversation ever since we talked about it on the phone a couple weeks ago. It's been it's been going through my mind for for a while now. But the topic that we're really going to be talking on today, for all the listeners out there, uh, is how how we as athletes can focus on the next play. How we how we. Christian athletes all over can can really not dwell in the past when competing in sports. Um, but 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 first, first of all, I would really love it if you just explained how you got to where you are today in your faith faith journey and in your coaching career.
1: I will start with my part about my faith, just because that's a bigger part of who I am. I was fortunate to be born and raised into a church going family, so I grew up hearing the word taught, and uh, even more importantly. I had a chance to see it lived out. And so that was my real first experience with the Christian faith. Uh, Growing up in a Christian household is absolutely an advantage, um, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. I was still responsible for myself, my own life, You know, making a commitment on an individual level to follow Christ. So I gave my life to Christ as a young teenager. And early on, I built a strong foundational base of who I am in Christ, and that has continued to serve and guide me to this day. Um, from the basketball side, I, I've had an awesome journey already. I've worked in support staff roles at the Division I level. You mentioned Oklahoma. I was also at Arizona State in Northern Arizona. And then I've been an assistant coach at Fort Scott Community College, Wayland Baptist, and uh, now I'm at Lubbock Christian. And my coaching career has allowed me to work with several just highly successful basketball programs in a multitude of roles and positions. Um, and really, just meet great people along the way, and, and of course, get to be around the game that I love. Um, so I just love taking it all in, one day at a time.
0: Yeah, I actually read on uh, your bio that uh, you were you were at Oklahoma when Blake Griffin was
1: there. That's that's pretty cool. How 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 was he as a as a player and as a person? Just an elite com- competitor. Uh, everything he did, mm. he was trying to win. And there's certainly part of that that we all want to be the top in in whatever field that we're in, whatever industry it is. And and so, you know, you just, I've been blessed to be around so many great athletes and and great people over the years. Mm. Um, And, you know, it's give and take. I mostly take, I mostly learn from others, but yeah, it's taking part of everybody's journey and and forging part of their story into mine as well. And uh, Blake was part of that. Um, The coaches there, so, so many coaches have impacted me. Uh, Deeper than they'll ever know, Um, not just on the basketball side, but as people. And, uh, you know, we win a lot of games in the process, have a lot of heartbreak. Um, That's just the way sports go as well. Um, But just been blessed to be around some awesome, awesome people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that you said you you're constantly you know taking from others because I mean that's that's really how you grow as a person you you know you learn every single day and you you commit yourself to be a, being a lifelong learner so that's great that's great that you keep that you keep doing that even now uh, as an assistant coach at at a program like LCU but while reading more about you I noticed right off the bat how successful you've been throughout your throughout your coaching career. How, how have you sustained that success at, at each coaching job that you've had?
1: Success. Man, that's tough to talk about for somebody like me um, because you don't want to get caught up in it, and there's always that humble approach. And then I think in sports, you're also just never satisfied. What you did yesterday doesn't carry over to today. It's performance-based. It's what have you done for me lately. So I'm not real comfortable talking about it, but I have been a part of – just highly, highly successful programs. Um, During my time at OU, I think we were ranked number two in the country. Um, When I was at the NAI level, we were number three in the country. Um, This last year at Lubbock Christian, we were number one in the country for a majority of the year. Um, And then more importantly than that, we were doing it the right way off the court and we were taking care of business in the classroom. Uh, Teams I've been a part of have always had Uh, really good GPAs in the classroom. I think this last semester at LCU, we were a 3.65 for our team. Um, And it's just those type of commitments from everybody. That type of success doesn't happen on accident. It's uh, just a purposeful approach every day. Um, I would say the biggest part of the success that I've experienced has to do with the healthy culture of the places that I've worked. I've worked with some really... Uh, brilliant basketball coaches who are also even better people. Um, they say that you're a reflection of the people that you're around the most. And I've been blessed to work with some top-notch, high-character people that have really good value systems in place. And I think that organizations that are made up of high-character people will be successful. It's it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love that. And I love that you said that you – it's hard for you. It, it's difficult for you to get caught up in success because you don't want to be, I think what you're saying is you don't want to be caught up in that and you don't, you don't want to be known for that. You want to be known for your faith and how, how you are as a person. But do you think you, knowing this, do you think you measure success differently when it comes to that?
1: Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, years ago, I, I heard a John Wooden quote. Um, I read it in one of his books about his definition of success. And it was something along the lines of success is a peace of mind, knowing that you did your best. And I'm sure I'm paraphrasing that and getting it all wrong, but essentially that's what I took away from it. It's, it's doing your best. Uh, despite the circumstances around you, like it's being the best steward of, of the skills that, that you've been given. And when you look at success through that lens, um it's it's a little bit easier. It takes some pressure off your back because there's only one team that gets to cut down the nets at the end of the year. Well, that doesn't mean everybody who doesn't do that is a failure. Um, we're, there's a lot of highly, highly successful coaches that might not ever win championships. Um, and then for me, of course, it's bigger than basketball. Uh, I think basketball has become kind of my mission field where I get to impact lives for Christ, um, hopefully influence the next generation of, of husbands and fathers and community leaders. Um, you know, I say it all the time, if we win a championship, but I haven't helped to influence lives beyond basketball, I've failed at my job. So I think it's that sort of balance and, and healthy approach that, that keeps me going every day.
0: Yeah. And I that was great that you brought up John Wooden because he he – Pretty much embodied what it meant to be a Christian coach and do do so successfully. I mean, he won. I don't know, however many, however many championships he did win, while still being so humble and giving it all to God. That, I mean, throughout his life, he just embodied what it meant to be to be that. But moving on to to this next question, as a former Christian athlete, now Christian coach, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your Christian sport experience?
1: I think probably the biggest lesson I've learned through sports is just the importance of keeping a big-picture perspective, Mm. Um, just a long-term outlook on life. When you look at life through a wider lens, it's easier to focus on your true priorities and and just overlook the small obstacles that might seem big at the time that they happen, but in the grand scheme of things, they're actually quite small. Uh, Keeping that big perspective it's going to help you to reinforce the real reason, uh, that you're putting in the daily work that you are. Um, I'm reminded every day that my actions and habits, they might not pay off today. They might not pay off this week or even this month, but over time, um, they're going to make a difference. I think accomplishments in life are the cumulative effect of attention to detail on a daily basis. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've had, uh, through sports. Um, a few other things that I guess stand out having a level-headed approach. You know, we all want to win and it's important that we celebrate milestones and have fun along the way. The journey's just as important as the destination. Um, but don't place your identity in such things. Um, because at the end of the day, the trophy, the, the, the pride that you get winning a championship, that's just temporary. Um, I think it's important that we have emotional guardrails in place. Don't let your highs get too high. Don't let your lows get too low. It's, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. Just a level-headed approach to life. And, and then the other one is, and I think it's really important to surround yourself with people with a positive attitude. Attitudes are contagious, and they can either be harmful or they can serve as an extra lifeline when you're facing adversity. Um, having the right attitudes, a skill set it's not easy, but despite circumstances, even beyond your control, you can control your attitude. And it's amazing to see how much we all influence each other, especially in close quarters, whether it's a family or a team or a business or or whatever it might be, where you see some people, um, regularly, you're going to start to feed off of each other's energy. So, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that are always finding the positive despite the circumstances going on around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I've been recently reading a book by uh, Jack Graham called "A Man of God," and th- in the book it talks about what it what it means to to have friends and what what it takes to have good Christian friends that push you to 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 the Lord, and. I don't think I ever realized how important having a good people body body of people around you until I got to you know high school and college when there were some some friends that pushed me closer and some that didn't and if I cling to those that pushed me away from Christ then I was gonna go down that path with them and so it was so important for me to just be around people that constantly not only push me to Christ but you know told me to go to class, told me to go to practice on time, Be show up on time and stick to your commitments. I mean, that's so important
1: today. No doubt. And even as a coach, I find myself drawn to wanting to work with other coaches that are going to push me uh, in the right light, not pull me down. Um, Man, I can't say enough good things about the coaches that I've worked with, Um, especially here at LCU. Coach Duncan and Coach Imes are just top-notch people. And I've grown as much as a person as I have a basketball coach, just being in their presence. And, you know, sometimes we get off subject in the office and, and just talk about life, but we're all in different chapters of our lives, different generations of our life. And it's neat just to pass the wisdom on from one to another to another.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. How how has it been coaching at
0: LCU compared to Oklahoma and Arizona State? Is it is it different because
1: it's Christian-based or – how similar is that? It's a great question. Um, for me, my identity was always in Christ, despite mm-hmm. uh, you know the name on the jersey. Um, I, I enjoy working at the Christian institutions where that can become a public part of, of who I am. I, I can share my story with, with our student athletes. I can pray with them, um, just be much more open with it. But, but even when I worked at public schools, um, I found that intertwined in my journey as well. Uh, Maybe not quite as dramatic, but yeah, my my faith is always going to impact me. And, and, you know, I heard a quote once about, as Christians, we should uh, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And I kind of, you know, like to live by that. I I think the players that I've coached, the coaches that I've worked with, whether we've had direct conversations about faith or not in the past, I I think it's been uh, relevant uh, maybe relevance, not the right word. I think it's been, um, just revealed to them that, Hey, Coach Huey's this type of person and this is why, and it starts a dialogue. Yeah. A- actions
0: speak so much louder than words do. I mean, you can go around spreading the gospel with your words all you want, but if you don't live that out daily, like your weight, wa- your words don't have any weight. Uh, um, no but Coach, as we move, in, move into our conversation today, as I mentioned before, we're really going to dive into what it means to focus on the next play, and I know for myself, I can think about specific examples when I did not do this. Uh, and I'm sure that people listening, and yourself included, are thinking about you know, a time when they didn't either, um, but first of all, why, why don't we explain what we mean when we say focusing on the next play? Uh, then I would love to, to know, you know, if, if you have any personal examples from your playing days and now as a
1: coach. To me, I think focusing on the next play is not getting bogged down or consumed with what might have just happened. Um, usually that means something negative has happened. How do we respond? How do we handle adversity? Um, sometimes it's something positive that happens, though. You know, you have a big win. Your team makes a big play you can't be celebrating the play and forget to go play defense. Mm -hmm. And and so focusing on the next play to me just means being persistent, um, continuing to show up despite what happened the previous time down the court. Um, You know, we all know that life rarely goes as planned, or at least how we planned it, how we want it to go out. Um, It's important that we invest in ourselves and prepare for our future by setting ourselves up for success, but also that, We're flexible, we're able to adjust on the fly when obstacles appear. Um, Adversity is going to happen, turnovers happen. Uh, Nobody shoots 100% from the field in life. You know the saying, when it rains, it pours, and and I think that's so, so true. We can all handle small doses of obstacles spread out over time, but when all of these obstacles happen at once, it's easy. just to get bogged down mentally and and start to beat ourselves up or think that we're not good enough or, or whatever it might be, you know, just the weight of it can eat at you. So I think having that next play mindset is almost just, just a beacon of hope. It gives you something to look forward to another opportunity, another chance, uh, sometimes at redemption, um, just to get it right.
0: Do you, do you have any personal examples or from your, from your playing days or your coaching days?
1: man as a player I mean it's not really a single example um yeah it just seemed like what I remember the most is if I turned the ball over I was probably at least at one time the world's worst at shrugging my shoulders and and complaining to the refs I got fouled that's why I turned it over and while I'm sidetracked with that the other team's scoring in transition so I, I just compounded my single mistake into another one on the other end of the court as well and and uh now I'm getting taken out of the game. And You know, I think that's probably, while it's not a, a, just a major life altering experience there, um, most of the time focusing on the next play doesn't mean overlooking a major life altering experience. It's the day-to-day grind and knowing how to just move on to the next play despite something small not going your way. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I think it's good to preface that we're not saying you
1: can't reflect on that because reflection is
0: something completely different than dwelling. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you can dwelling on something is just going to bring the team down. It's going to bring you down and you're not
1: going to be playing anymore. Like you said, you're going to get benched. No doubt. And I think all teams do it where, you know, the day after the game, you'll sit down as a team and watch video of it. Well, that's a good time to reflect on that moment and see mm. what I can do different, what I can do better next time. Um, but in the moment of, of the battle, <laughs> no, you just got to keep playing. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Why do you think athletes do this? Why do you, why do you think that we, we tend to shy away from staying in the moment on the, on the field or the court?
1: I think that most athletes live in the snapshot moment of a single play more than they focus on the scope of the entire game or um, the entire season. I know I did when I played sports, but as you grow and mature, you start to realize that games are won in practice, and it's over the course of the game that, the, that a team establishes a lead on the scoreboard. It's not just the single memorable play that got them that lead. Um, with that being said, I'd say that the athletes I've witnessed that are the best are those that have short attention spans. They are adept at brushing off disappointments during competition. And again, he, he, I, my mind automatically goes to disappointments, but I think they're also adept at brushing off disappointments. Uh, big plays that that are successful as well they they just have that mindset of that play's over it's on to the next one uh regardless of the outcome of the previous play they're focused on performing their best at the given moment yeah
0: and i i i think of uh joe burrow last last uh last season his team just won the afc championship and he got handed the trophy and he was just like, I don't I don't want this thing. I want a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Right. And he just won something, well, probably one of the biggest achievements in his life. And he just, I mean, he's a winner. And he just moved on to the next play. Um, but, I mean, going back to this question, it's just our fallen nature, right? Like, it's, it reminds me of this Matthew 6 verse that says, it talks about not being anxious about the future. But I think we can apply it to the past, too, as athletes, you know if we make a mistake we're going to we're going to think about it it's just it's just how it goes even months later even i know for myself i still think of when i was 13 years old and struck out in front of my girlfriend at the time <laughs> it's just it's one of the hardest things to do in sports and just like you said it separates the good athletes from the great athletes because their attention span is so limited and so they can just move on no matter if it's a good play or if it's a bad play
1: right even as a coach, I find myself placing more emphasis on possessions You know, at the end of a close game, as if that's when the game's going to be decided. But the possessions at the start of the game are just as important. And I, I think the elite athletes recognize that. You, mm-hmm. They're not saving gas in the tank for the end of the game. They just go out there and, and play their best every second that they're out there. Yeah. How
0: do you, how do you tell the athletes that, that you coach now to focus on the right things. Obviously, you want them to focus on basketball, but how do you prioritize like what to focus on and when to focus on that?
1: Well, I think at the college level, we have the advantage of really kind of making sure that we're a good fit for each other through the recruiting process. But as people, so much of what we fix our mind on is is what we surround ourselves with. So for student athletes, I think a lot of their success and growth comes down to choosing a healthy environment. Uh, once they get to college, they need to surround themselves with good friends, good mentors. Uh, it's important that they find good coaches and, and, and a healthy program. Um, and that's where I think the recruiting process is just so, so important for them to get a feel uh, of, of the program, not just from a basketball side, but from a value standpoint side. And from there, I, I you know as a coach, I try to lead by example. Uh, so many coaches do that. Again, that, that's going to carry more weight than anything I could ever say. I think it's important um, for these young men that, that I coach to see me as a man, as a father, just carrying myself professionally, carrying myself in a Christian light. Um, and that's not to say, like, I'll have mistakes too. I have my shortcomings. Um, but I want them to see it's possible. It's just that constant reminder of what really matters. Our days as athletes are limited. Some of them are shorter than others. My career as an athlete ended a long, long time ago. But the lessons and the camaraderie gained from, from competition can have lasting effects. And, and I think using it as a tool, uh, again, to preach the gospel is just an advantage there. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of competing as a Christian athlete. You want to spread the gospel, but you also want to compete. So finding that balance is so crucial for so many athletes. But with social media and technology nowadays, I've heard that our attention spans are now shorter than that of goldfish. Knowing this, how do you get your athletes' attention and, and push them to not only focus on the game, but as we as we are Christian athletes, focusing
1: on glorifying Christ? You know, that's tough. I find myself falling into the social media trap more than I care to admit. And when I reach that point, I finally learned it's just best for me to stay off social media for a few days at a time until I've refocused. I think because of technology, we've become accustomed to instant gratification. We've got instant microwave meals. You know, you can fast forward through commercials. My kids don't even have to sit through commercials like I did when I was young. Um, And now, of course, we're seeing it with sports, with, with things like the transfer portal, where if you're not playing the minutes that you want right now at school a, you can immediately go to school B and, and hope for a better situation. And so, so many things have become just instantly delivered that it's easy to grow angry and just lose focus when our desires aren't able to be accomplished immediately. But for me, the reminder is good things take time. Rarely in life do you wake up and just immediately achieve success. Uh, Greatness looks like stacking days upon days upon days, um, being great's a habit, and it's the requirement of consistency, again, that's going to separate the great from the good. So going back to your question, we all want to reap the rewards, and we all want want to reap those rewards as easy as possible, but good things take time. And Galatians says that whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap, Um. We're all familiar with that idea. I think what we fail to forget or fail to remember, I should say, is that there's a period of waiting between the sowing and the reaping. You put in the work and then you have to wait and then you see the outcome. Um, so, you know, we all just need to kind of take a chill pill, trust the process, be patient and continue to work in the meantime. And, and I think those results pay off.
0: Yeah, you just said it. I mean, you, we have to be patient and we can't, we can't let ourselves be be so want something in such a short amount of time like good things take time and i don't i don't care if you're playing sports i don't care if you're building a house like i don't i don't want to live in a house that takes two days to build like i want i want a house that takes you know months and maybe even a year to build and that's a weird analogy but like it, it applies to Playing sports, it applies to walking with Christ. Walking with Christ means a lifelong commitment to serving Him, and you're not going to achieve a lifelong commitment in one day. Like, it's just not possible. But as, as we start to wrap up today, our listeners may be thinking, now, how does this topic apply to Christian athletics specifically? And we've talked about it a little bit, but from your perspective, how does this topic apply to
1: Christian athletes specifically? As an athlete, you have influence. Uh, As a coach, I have influence too. Um, But the eyes are on the athletes. Um, You know, the kids in the stands, they're not watching the coaches on the sideline. They want to be like the athletes on the court. So I think athletes need to realize their influence, especially on the younger generation. Uh, Kids are looking up to them. And, you know, I remind myself often if God can use five loaves of bread and two fish to advance the kingdom, imagine what he can do with us um we've been gifted in so many ways uh some of us as athletes some of us as coaches some in completely other skill sets uh but we've all been gifted and you know we should be good stewards of those gifts i think specifically tying this to uh christian athletes you know everybody who's listening to this podcast likely is familiar with just the necessary requirements and commitments it takes uh for competitive athletics You train years upon years, days upon days. Um, You know, you'll have weight room sessions, skill sessions, conditioning sessions. It it becomes a lifestyle. You know, coaches, whether they say it word for word or whether they imply it, all coaches would basically agree that what you do in practice isn't going to be enough on its own. You got to get in extra work. Well, when you tie that to your faith, um, it's the exact same if you're only in church one hour a week, that's not cutting it. It's a lifestyle. Uh, You've got to be pouring into it on your own. Um, And, you know, just like basketball, just like whatever your sport might be, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And it's the same with your walk with Christ.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is such a, that's such a great answer. And it's so, it's so important for Christian athletes to, you know, whether they're thinking of this topic or they're thinking of another topic to remember that, we are looked at with a target on our back no matter where what we're doing what sport we're playing we are looked at and if you're constant if you if you allow yourself to move on from a play as a christian athlete and around teammates that perhaps aren't christians that it says a lot about you and it it might spark a conversation Uh, a teammate might come up to you and say hey why why you just committed a turnover why 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 aren't you mad about that? I mean, you, basically, you're gonna say, "Hey, like, I I, I know what I did, and I'm, I'm I apologize for what I did, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it. I'm not gonna let, allow myself to to live in the past. I'm gonna m- move forward
1: with my life and make it, make the next play." Absolutely, absolutely. Nobody's out there messing up on purpose or point shaving or anything like that. At least I hope not. Yeah. We're all out there trying to do the best that we can, and uh, yeah, it's just like life. We're, we're all continually growing as we go through this thing. and and wanting to be the best that we can be yeah
0: but coach as we as we wrap up and end our conversation today i just want to thank you so much for coming on i really think that you're going to have a big impact on the uh, lcu community and on the basketball community as a whole uh and i just i just wish you you and the and the team at lcu
1: the best of luck this season awesome i appreciate it ken all right
0: well all the listeners out there Please share this episode, leave a rating, and follow us on our social media platforms. If you don't get anything else from this, please, please remember this one specific thing. No matter what, God loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you the next time.